0: Welcome to Foundation Christian Church. We're glad that you're joining us for today's message. For service times or to join a disciple group, please visit foundationcitrusheights.com. Hey, good morning. My name's Dennis Carroll. I'm one of the pastors here at Foundation Christian Church. Thank you for show, uh, showing up. Could you lock the doors? Because I don't want anybody to leave. Oh, oh no. just I just love saying that. Not that we would ever lock the doors. We just have gates now. Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I want to let you know is uh, Pastor Greg a few weeks ago started a series on Advent, and the idea was the idea the idea was that Jesus became flesh, which we call the word incarnate. He was incarnated from the godliness, the godhood, the godhead, into human form. And so part of what he's been trying to have us take a look at is how do we fit inside of that incarnation. Now, he gave me this assignment, and I really quickly realized this. You don't want this person to be incarnate. This is already incarnate. You don't want me anywhere part of that by my own strength or power. That is no bueno. You don't want any part of that. Unless I'm in Christ that's incarnate. Then things are workable. Does it make sense? I have this part of me you don't want. You can do better, right? So my my um, and I thought it was very interesting that we're having baptism today, and some of you are here just for that, and I'm excited for that because I'm going to be talking about why or how we are in Christ. So we're going to be baptized into Christ and baptized into the church. Now, I'm going to, I have some precursors. First of all, big word, baptized. One of the words in the Bible that was never translated, it means to immerse or to dunk. It means to dunk, to immerse. So what I want to talk about is how are we immersed into Christ and how are we immersed into the church. Both are really important. Both are b- biblical. But but as I start, I want to let you know is a couple weeks ago I got an opportunity to teach the kids, and in their Bible lessons, in their Sunday school classes, uh, my it fell on me to talk about the resurrection of Je- or excuse me, the, the crucifixion of Jesus during the time of Advent. And so I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is the time where we're talking about the birth of Jesus, and I get to talk about the death of Jesus. So what struck me is this, just to let you know. The birth of Jesus is this. It is a beautiful gift given to you. Look at the wrapping, look at the bow, look at the paper. How beautiful. That is the birth of Jesus. The real gift is inside. The real gift happens when we explore the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the reason why he came. Does it make sense? So while we celebrate the gift that God gave to mankind, the packaging, as it were, I don't want to stop at just the packaging and saying, whoa, isn't it cool that Jesus loves us, that he gave Jesus, or that God loves us and gave us Jesus? That's really important. Don't get me wrong. But the reason he came is inside the box. We're going to talk about that today. <clears throat> so where do we start? We started, hopefully, the beginning. Let's see if I can get this right. Most of us know this scripture. It is John 3.16. It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Most people have heard that scripture. And it really is the box that was given to you right? God loved you enough and gave you his son in the box. I mean, the box is Jesus. And, and I, I needed to recurse. Oh, let me back up <clears throat> a little bit. I just want to have good news for you. I, I, you know, you can listen, you can uh, do a text and you can speak it, right? So I, I realized that my message is going to take six minutes <clears throat> if you weren't here. It would take six minutes from the top to the bottom. The problem is you. See, I don't have any questions. I know exactly what I'm going to say and what it means. But inside of my head, and I forgive me for exposing my mental issues, <clears throat> in my head, I have, I have this thought that you're asking, but what do you mean? Or what does that mean? And I'm thinking, I'm glad you asked. See, that's going in, in my head all the time. As I'm teaching, I'm thinking, well, they probably don't know what this means funny you should ask. The word believe here, as many as believe, the word believe actually means to lean on, cling to, or rely. So it is not just believing in a concept. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's a concept. But to lean on, rely on, to trust in, that's what the word means. And probably the, the best example is um, if you can imagine drowning in the ocean. Now, first, hands up. Anybody here actually been drowning in the ocean? Anybody? Just two of us, three of us? Drowning in the ocean, literally me. If somebody threw you a round object with a hole in the middle of it, what would your response be? Eh, I don't know. Eh, I don't know if I have the concept of a hole in this middle. of. I don't know if I get the process here. No, you would grab a hold of that thing because you believe. Lean on, cling to, rely on. The fact that this is the only way for me to keep on living. That is the word believe. Aren't you glad you asked? Today, we're going to be reading some scriptures. So if, if you, first of all, inside of your bulletin, I, I gave you all of my notes. Now, mo- usually we have notes and they have fill-ins. I didn't want any mistakes here, so I filled all the qu- <laughs> <laughs> The good part is, this is sort of a Bible study that, that I gave you all the answers for. But if you need a Bible, because we are going to be reading some scriptures that I don't have on the, 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 uh, the screens here. If you need a Bible that we're using today, raise a hand. We'll have folks give you hand you a Bible, and you're, it's, it's yours to take home if you need one. If you just want to follow along on your phone or tablet or whatever, we're using the New Living Translation. And we're going to... And on your notes, they're, they're actually... Um, the, the scripture is on there. And if you're using the books I give you, the, the page number's on there even. Look at that. That's pretty cool. Wow. I know. This is full service. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> So I'm going to start reading. The first scripture I want to talk to you about is Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 6. And this talks about the box, the gift that God gave you. This is the gift, ready? And this is how it works, exactly. It says, though he, is talking about Jesus, though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. And you say, why would anyone, much less God, the deity, the divine, do that for anyone else? Is that a good question? Why would he do that? Would any of you do that? I don't know I would do that. For almost anybody, I don't know if I would do that. But we have to ask, why? Why would God yield his position in privilege? Why would Jesus endure weakness, hunger, thirst, tiredness, and agony of, and suffering of his death, shame, mocking, public humiliation? Why would he do that? Why would Jesus endure, uh, endure the guilt of sin being placed on him and being separated from the presence of his Father. Aren't you glad you asked? C.S. Lewis, a great theologian, a great, you know, a man of God, said this way. He said, the Son of God became man so that men can become sons of God. Let me say that again because it's really important. The Son of God became a man so that you, plural and me, singular, might have the opportunity to become sons of God. It doesn't happen any other way. Verse 9. Therefore, so that therefore, that's after all that Jesus did, this is what happened. Therefore, God elevated Jesus to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So can I tell you, for those of you in the church and those of you who are visiting, I want to be very clear. That little section and the response to that little little section is how people get saved. You're welcome. You might say, well, how do I become a Christian? Well, I believe that all of that that Jesus did actually happened for my benefit. And because I believe that, I have access to be his child. That's how it works. Look at, we could, Is it time to leave now? We can leave right now. You, this may be all you really need to hear. But there is more. By Jesus' sacrifice, all creation was reconciled to the Father, and Jesus is the Lord. That's the end result. What Jesus did, opened access to the Father. In fact, he reconciled. Reconciled is a big word that you say, what does that mean? It means that your account has been cleared. How many people have ever been in debt? Oh, come on, you liars. Everybody's been in debt. How many people know the feeling when you've paid off? Reconciled. A couple years ago, we paid off our house. Hallelujah. We all know what mortgage means, right? What's the root word to Mortgage. Death. Morte. Death. Right? How many people have been free from death? Yes! Verse 12. We keep on going. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now I am away. And it is even more important, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. The result, so the question is, I have to work, work hard so that the results of my salvation will occur. So what's the result of my salvation? What's the result if I realize that Jesus did what he did and opened up a door of access so that I can be reconciled with the Father? What do you think the results should be? I'm glad you asked. The result is if I've been reconciled with my father, my responsibility is be his kid. Be his child. Let him be my dad. Oh no, well I got to be a better person. No you don't. <gasps> There's a reason why you're not supposed to be a better person. Two reasons. First of all, you can't. (laughs) And if you became a better person, it would not accomplish what God actually wants to do with you. God does not want you to be a better person. He wants you to be a different person. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Verse 14. This is, a, he ties it up here. Do everything, if you want something to do, this is what you're supposed to do. Ready? Do everything without complaining and arguing. Oh, that's not fun. So that no one can, so that no one can criticize you. Live a clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in the world, full of crooked and perverse people, hold firmly... To the word of life. The center section is live as children of God and as children in the, in the family of God, stop being jerks. Oh, I'm sorry. Stop being like the little brother or the big brother that annoys your sisters. Don't be the sibling that's annoy each other. Now stop doing stupid stuff too, but stop being mean. You don't need to argue about stupid stuff. Stop it! In my family, six kids, I can do that without looking. I'm, not, I'm sorry. Stop it! Some of the things we do is just idiotic. Let God change you as into his children and then act accordingly. Okay, how are we doing? We, we okay so far? <laughs> so notice what Jesus did. Jesus' path. God... He, as God, he became human or a slave. He became obedient unto death. Why would Jesus endure this? He was elevated, honored, given dominion, declared as Lord. The results of our salvation that I just went through, God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to accomplish what he wants, to do what he pleases. Stop complaining. Live as children of God. Shine as bright lights. That's, the, that's it. We could, again, we could stop again, <laughs> but there's more. I'd like for you to turn to page 988 in the Black Books, the black Bibles or go to Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 9 through 15. It's just a couple pages further, if you would. I'll give you one moment. <clears throat> now, the scriptures that I'm reading are all from the same author, the, the uh, early um, church teacher named Paul. So you're going to see a lot of similarities. He you know, for me it's redundant, but for us we because we're slow uh, learners, uh, <laughs> we need to hear it over and over again. Okay. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 it says, "For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in body in human body." That's a repetition. That's exactly what the other scripture said. Verse 10, "So you also are complete Through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler of authority. Notice the similarities. He's the head of everything. But guess what? This is really important. You in Christ, if you are a a believer of Jesus, you are complete in Christ. If you're not a Christian, please understand what that means is your neighbor doesn't need to do anything else to be more in Christ. It's like this. If you have a child, that child does not to do does not need to do something special to become more your child. Now you want them to behave differently, but you understand the stages of childhood. You throw the baby out. I mean, no, you throw the, the diaper out and keep the baby. I had to learn that one a few times. You throw the diaper out. You keep the baby. Right? You watch your child grow and mature in the way they should go, and you have expectations of them, but they're no less your child, even if they're obedient or disobedient. I'm not looking at you on purpose, Noah. No, I'm just kidding. Neither either one. Right? Our obedience doesn't make us more a child of God. And our disobedience doesn't make us any less a child of God. Are you hearing me? Some of you don't know that. Some of you don't act that way. Oh, church. <laughs> okay, here, we're, we're moving on. <clears throat> Verse 11. And then and this it says, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Now, the Jews were all about circumcision, and everybody knows sort of what that is. If you need information, we'll talk later. But it's a removal of a body part that isn't critical for some. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, cutting away your sinful nature. Where's your sinful nature if you're a Christian? Where's your sinful nature if you're a Christian? It is cut away. And if you're complete, it's done. Oh, but Pastor Dennis, I have problems. I have behavioral issues. The the things that go through in my, my mind and the things that come out of my mouth and the things I see and the things I do, guess what? It doesn't change the fact that your sinful nature has been cut away. Could he actually mean that? Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, cutting away your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. We're going to do that today. These people have been told, some of them are saying, hey, well, baptism is an outward sign of an inward work. I've heard that all my life in Christ. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward work. But they never explain what the inward work is supposed to be. Or uh, rarely, except I've been teaching it for a while. <laughs> the inward work is your sinful nature has been cut away. Not is going to be cut away. It has been. Past tense, done. Your identity, watch, this is our Bible study on Mondays. We love this. Our identity is ready. This, you've heard this. I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. Ooh, he said that from the pulpit. I was a sinner, saved by grace. God's grace saved me. But my identity is not a sinner anymore. Are you happy? Happy we are doing this? My identity is I'm a child of the Most High God who messes up. Oh, okay. I'm a child of the Most High God that lives under the grace of God in order to encourage me to walk better before Him as a healthy, loving child would. Or you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. A basic Christian principle is, I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. If you are a Christian and you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection, you must believe that the sinful nature that is in you has been cut away, and you have been buried into death, of your flesh, and you have been raised to a newness of life. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Verse 13. You were dead because your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. That's what death is. Then God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. He canceled the record of the charges against you and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them. Check this out. Oh, I need to go back. You've been, you, you were dead because of your sinful nature. He, you were buried with Christ, the death of sinful nature. That's what happens. He forgave your sins. He canceled the record of your charges. Can I tell you how many people are familiar with the concept of forgiving sins? How many people like forgiving sins? Oh, wait, 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 wait. How many people like the fact that God says he forgives your sins? How many people like that? How many people like other, forgiving other people their sins? Well, nobody likes it. I mean, you didn't raise your hand. Forgiving sins is this, right? It's very simple. Forgiving other people of what they've done with you is not an idea that I like you better. It's not an idea that I think I'll let you slide. It's not even an idea that I think you deserve it. Am I, am I here? Are you, are you communicating here? Forgiveness is very simple, this. Simply, this is what I've learned in life. I've been a Christian for a moment. Forgiveness is me agreeing with God that he forgave you. It has nothing to do with how I feel about you. It has nothing to do with you saying, I'll stop doing it. It has nothing to do with you saying, I'm really sorry. Nothing. If God forgave you, all I have to do, which, and he says he did, he forgave everybody, he said, all I have to do is agree with God. Amen. Now here's the tip. <laughs> So, so, if I don't agree with God, I get I, there's problems relationally. If I don't agree with God, I'm all of, all of a sudden resistant to God. I'm still his kid, but I'm going to have this struggle with my relationship with God. Does that make sense? Okay, well, one of one of us is getting it. <laughs> So here's the thing, ready? He, The beautiful thing, I love this, he canceled the record of my sins. Ready? Here, I love the fact that if I'm in debt and somebody says, you know what? I know you owe me X amount of dollars. I'm just going to wipe it away. Anybody ever had that happen before? Nobody. <laughs> that's not natural. But that's exactly what God did. He said, you're in debt because of your sin. And guess what? Jesus is saying... I wiped it out. I took care of your debt. There's not even a record of it anymore. Nobody can go hunt that down anymore. And that's important because of this. Ready? So we go through this spiritual circumcision of cutting away our sinful nature. And it says he also disarmed our spiritual enemies or our accusers. So here's the thing. I've been freed from sin. My debt has been canceled. It's been wiped away. And I'm going, wow, that's just amazing. But then I get this, Wah. you know, when you did this five years ago or yesterday or two minutes ago. <coughs> you know, when you hear anybody, hear voice is just me. This, this guilt happens all of a sudden. <gasps> I did that. Guess what? That is a spiritual accuser. And the Word of God tells me that I don't have to listen to that anymore. That I'm not accountable to that because my accounts have been cleared away. You know what's amazing? This is the true Christian story. I don't have to look over my shoulder anymore. (laughs) I used to have to do that all the time. I don't have to walk in sin or shame or guilt or fear now, listen, I, I'm not saying none of that ever happens, but I don't have to anymore. Just like if my sinful nature has been cut away, I don't have to sin. I'm not required. Before, I that's all I did was sin. Okay, here we go. Okay, so we're going to go last scripture. How are we doing? Oh, man, I've got plenty of time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at verse 14. It's on page uh, Nine sixty five, if you'll turn there, Second Corinthians, again, same author. Second <clears throat> Corinthians, <clears throat> Chapter Five, starting at verse fourteen says. Either way, now it's, it's in the middle of a, s- a sentence, So, but either way, Christ's love controls us or urges us. And, and the reason why I left it in there is, as a child, what truly motivates me to good behavior isn't fear. It, it just isn't. If I'm afraid of my father, I'm going to steal from him. Oh, confession's good for the soul. If I'm afraid of my father, I'm going to snipe him when I can. But if I love my father, I'm going to desire to honor him and to do what pleases him. Either way, Christ's love controls us or urges us on. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Again, repeating this message, the old life is dead, there's a new life for those who believe in Jesus. Fifteen, he died for everyone so those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Who did he die for? Everyone. Hmm. Instead, they will live For Christ, who died and was raised for them. So in Christ, you're a new person. You no longer live for yourselves. You live for Christ Jesus. Verse 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from the human point of view. What does that say? If I believe that Jesus really died for me and set me free and and took care of all my debt, I'm going to look at Renault a little bit differently than I used to. I used to evaluate or judge or put myself ahead of you. How many people know that without Jesus you're gonna put yourself at the top? How many people wanna be the top? Liars. Everybody wants to be at the top. That's the sin from the very beginning. I want to be like God. I want to I wanna be in charge. I want to be the first. Everybody's like that, I think. I hope. Except in Jesus, everything gets flipped around. I used to judge people that way. Now I don't anymore. At one time, we thought Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we see him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Repeating, new life, new life, new life. The old stuff's gone. New person, new identity. Not a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner, but I've saved by grace, which makes me a who's listening? child of the Most High God. Child God. And you can call yourself a saint that's the official word as well but a child of god that's the most important active part here verse 18 and all this is a gift from god that's what's in the box the gift of god is in the box open the darn box jesus coming to earth is fantastic oh my goodness the love of god expressed open the box And this is the gift of God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. God made a way for us to have a right relationship with God. Reconciled. And he gave you a job. He gives those who've been reconciled the job of making other people reconciled. That's our job. For God was in Christ Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them. Ready to hear that? How did God reconcile me to him? He took away the effect and the the value of my sin. How does someone come to the presence of God? Sin is removed. How is sin removed? It's not my it's not my by me becoming a better person. It's by him taking care of my sin. His Sacrifice his blood on the cross took away my sin. I can't take away my guilt and sin. First, nineteen. For God was in Christ reconciled the, word, the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and He gave this wonderful message of reconciliation so that we are Christ ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. But all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. The message is, you who believe in Jesus Christ, who believe in that lean on, cling to, rely on belief in Jesus Christ, you are a new person in Christ. Reconciled to the Father, made right relationally. You are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ, assigned to be ambassadors. Here's the secret. Ready? There's a scripture I'm going to be reading it's, maybe, did I skip it? I could have. Ah. Make sure I didn't go too. Forgive me. One more. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> this is what I want. Jesus empowers us to become his, or his children. So again, it's not based on our good works. This is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the word transform, what does it mean? glad you asked the word transforms is is the word metamorphosis it is the transition from one creature to another creature the the clearest picture we see is a caterpillar entering into a chrysalis used to be cocoon now it's a chrysalis thank you for sharing That metamorphosis, you know what they call the goop inside of a chrysalis? Oh, can I do it? Is it a... -a, -a, It's P-U-P-A. Pupa. I I knew I was going to blow it. Pupa. It is the intermediary stage where this caterpillar becomes goo. The caterpillar has no ability to become a a butterfly. None. I have no ability to make me a better person. It, it It requires the power of God to transform me from the sinful nature that I'm normally to a godly nature that he wants me to become. It is all his business. None of my power or strength. Metamorphosis, right? So here's the thing about the whole church issue. It's important that I know who I am, my identity, before I try to do something. I had a pastor a long time ago that says, stop being a human doing. If God's created you a being, then be. Stop being a doing A human being understands who they are and they can rest in that. But a human doing is always searching around trying to get things done so people will like them. Now listen. We always have to get that done first. We have to be before we do. It is okay to serve. It's okay to be involved in this ministry or this, this event but know who you know who you are is more important and critical before you try to do something the scripture in Matthew 6:28 24 says no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other you will be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. This is what Jesus said. Effectively, he's saying our nature, our beings have to serve something. Now, he refers to money here, but it's really, you're going to serve something. You're either going to be fully devoted to God or you're not. A disciple of Jesus... Means that they're fully devoted to God. That's what it means. That's what the focus is. That's what the journey of those people who put their faith in Jesus is to be fully devoted. If you're a Christian, this is the next steps be fully devoted to God. And what that means is be faithful to pray and to read the Bible, and to fast. Who said that word? Connect with other fellow disciples. Join a Bible study or disciple group or ministry. This is, this is how we grow. This is how we prove our faith. But if you're not a Christian and you want to know how to follow Jesus, hopefully this helps you get at least a foundation and those notes are for you to, to check it out. But if you want, believe in the message it was given today. Receive God's love and forgiveness. Ask for help. Join a Bible study or disciple group. Figure things out. Or you can be baptized today. I brought extra towels. You know what it takes to be baptized? I'm done. I heard the message, and it makes sense to me. I've been playing the game all the rest of my life. I'm done being this caterpillar, trying to become a better caterpillar. I just want to break us free from that. Yeah, does it make sense that being dipped into water is going to cut away part of... No, it's a spiritual work. It's me putting faith in the fact that as I as I'm immersed into water I'm actually entering into the death burial and resurrection of Jesus and he will cut away he's going to do the work to cut away my sinful nature and I can't do that how we do man that's not not too bad man I'm almost right on time can I pray for you heavenly father I thank you for your word your word is so clear I'm the one that confuses it, because I don't want it to be true sometimes. I don't want to go through a process that makes me uncomfortable. Boy, that is so normal. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you desire to draw all men to you, and that you, Jesus, came to die and give your life that you might ransom all. Thank you for that today. I thank you for your word, and I pray that that you would work your word into each of us, that we would... Just humble ourselves and hear your word. Let us be faithful. Let us be faithful stewards. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. To end the message, I'm just going to say this. For those of you who don't know who Jesus is, be reconciled with God. Get right with God. It doesn't have to be here now, but if you have questions, there's plenty of people willing to talk to you about that. Come back to God is the, the, the response and the responsibility of us in Jesus. Amen.